there! Welcome to a rather interesting chat, a podcast where I, Muhammad Amri, have insightful and open conversations with unique individuals regarding our lives and the world around us. Come join our conversation. It's rather interesting. Hi everyone, welcome back. Thanks for listening. Amri here as always. Hope everyone's having an upbeat time, full of harmony. Because uh, my next guest is someone who's very musically inclined. He's quite uh, talented in that mode. Uh, he, you know, he produces music. He's a musician. He's a singer. You know, and we're going to talk about, well, his music and the creative process behind his music, essentially. So I'm glad to welcome my guest, Amirul Zulhadi, or as he's known when he performs, Zul. Hey, Amirul. Hello. Yay. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me, man. It's been a while. Uh, it's nice talking to you again after quite a while since we last talked or even met up. It has been like a few months, probably. Yeah, a while. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, within those months, you released music um, about, mm-hmm. I think, early February. You released a song called Runaway. Yeah. And uh, I, mean, I just have to ask because it talks about, you know, it's upbeat, it's catchy, it talks about you know, it starts with tra- like referencing stress. Then it talks about traveling around the world. It talks about escaping. And I was just wondering, you know, based on the period, was, was this a response to like the whole isolation period? Like, what's the story behind that song? Well, mostly I thought the process behind that song was mostly from my girlfriend at the time. Well, not at the time. Oh. <laughs> you know, my girlfriend. She, uh, she um, was going through such a hard time with her because I was already graduated. And she was going through a very tough period with um, her own work and on, and also just her living situation. She just didn't like where she was and she just wanted to escape. So that was the main idea behind the song. That's where it all kind of stemmed from, you know? Yeah. That is super sweet. How did she react after listening to that song? No, I think it was like, it originally started off like as a sad song, <laughs> but then um, it became so upbeat and I think she just really enjoyed it because she said it was very catchy and she really uh, appreciated that that I thought of her during, throughout like the writing process. I mean, do you write a lot of music for her or is it the first one? Uh, I mean, I've, I've written like other stuff, but it hasn't been finalized. But currently one of the songs I've um I'm trying to finalize right now is definitely mostly about her. Like, it's a, um, a song about love at first sight, basically. That, that is, yeah. I think that's wholesome. That's really nice. Um, yeah. I'm a romanticist, so I, I like things like that. <laughs> so, what's the subject matter of your music mostly? Is it because I know, you know, talking about love and love at first sight, it's what you know. Is that usually what you uh, write about? What because I think you do a lot of things. You, you write, you also produce music. So, you know, what's mm-hmm. your interest in terms of making music? What subject matter do you like to explore? With music, I feel like it's just a way to express yourself, depending on, like, different, like, how you feel, different situations. So whenever, like, how most of these songs kind of start is that I, um, I have, like, a specific feeling. Maybe I'm feeling down, angry, or annoyed at something. It depends. And then I just start writing down anything that comes that, into my mind onto, like, a notepad. Because that's how most of my ideas kind of come through. Is that I just kind of write it all down. And sometimes I could have like, it could be unstructured, doesn't have to rhyme. But it could be like a poem, a poetic structure. Yeah. But I feel like 
when I was younger, I wrote, I wrote a lot of love songs because <laughs> I was quite the romantic. But nowadays, it's more <laughs> I'm trying to like expand myself and because um, there's this one artist called Rule. He's a Australian-based uh, singer and artist, and he said himself that writing music is actually quite easy because all you have to do is talk about a story, basically. And most songs I would say that I grew up with always had a story that came along with it. Do you think it's is that easy to write music? No, no, no. Of course, <laughs> like it can be easy sometimes, but some like with some songs, like another, I have another song I'm writing, and it's very, it's a struggle trying to finish off the lyrics because it. Sometimes my process with how I write my music is that maybe I might do the instrumental first, and that can kind of restrict you from the writing process because you have to try and fit it with the song. So that's why it's really hard when you have like let's say a finished instrumental and trying to fit everything into it. So yeah, some, like it, it can be a struggle sometimes, but sometimes it can be very easy, you know, writing the lyrics. Like if you just listen to it and you can just say all these words, sometimes just come out. Yeah. So you prefer like um, writing lyrics first before you have the sound. So is that where you start? Or you usually start with the lyric? Um, it comes. Like either sometimes I do it first, sometimes I don't. It's there's no um, preferred way. Uh, I the thing is, I think I would prefer to just sit down, either have my guitar or piano, and I would um, just play around with the chords, like a chord progression, something different that I haven't done before, and then like try to figure out what kind of mood I want to play, and then from there I kind of start the lyric the lyrical process. So um, where do because you know if you're Thinking about ideas, whether it's the music, like you said, chords or lighting the story, where do your ideas come from? Do you have a sit down and a whole session where you're coming up with ideas or is it just something that just naturally comes to you? Mm, it, I would say a lot of the times, sometimes like the lyrics kind of come out of you, come, come, come out of nowhere because like maybe in the shower or most of the time for me, it's like in the middle of the night that I just, I'm about to sleep and then suddenly an idea kind of pops up. So I'm just like, oh, I have to write it down or something like that. But I, I would like, for the most part, usually if I'm not coming up with ideas, I would sit down, try to think about it to the uh, instrumental a few times, try to try different things. Like it doesn't make sense. Like, you just have to write it. Uh, I had like, a few classes before when I was young in high school, and they kind of the well, my teacher taught us uh, her way of how she wrote music, which is just writing down anything that came to your mind and trying to make sense into putting it into a structure basically Ooh. so just write whatever you have an idea yeah yeah like i think i think that a lot of um artists when they start off they kind of just they try to rhyme everything you know like just like your typical rhyme rhyme and rhyme rhyme but it doesn't have to do that when i when you listen to um not i wouldn't say mainstream songs but maybe more of the indies uh they really don't like do a lot of rhyme here and there. It's kind of, it just has to flow. That's the most important thing in lyrics. Oh, right. It has to flow. Okay. Because I, I think that's a good tip in terms of writing, at least from a, a writer's perspective is, because if you're too focused on like the, everything else and not like just starting itself, you'll never start. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. <laughs> is it? I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know much about making music. Uh, is it a labor-intensive process? Is it, is it natural and easy for you? Like, what, what's it like? No, I didn't, it definitely didn't come natural to me. It, 
I think it took practice as anything, right? It takes practice. Um, if we're talking about just the writing process, I think it could be simple, but you know, you have to put your own spin into the lyrics that you put out. You have to think about what you want to, like what, you, what message you want to put across, you know? But if it's like that, that, that side, I feel like is a lot easier for me than the, well, no, it's a lot harder for me <laughs> because the production side, it's, a, it's just um, the production side, when you're mixing your songs and whatnot, it's more, you kind of have to know the fundamentals of the, how to mix your own song how to produce it, and then also just get, like, have a good ear. That's the most important thing. If you don't have a good ear, like, you can't, like, listen out to the little frequencies, and it can really change your, um, your, whole, your whole track. Well, as someone who's probably tone deaf, so I, <laughs> I don't know uh, about production, is it, because I know production, I mean, based on music, like, documentaries I've seen, oh, yeah. is, is very technical, right? So what, what's the balance between the technical aspect of producing and the artistic side i think with the production side you can do a lot of artistic things because it was like coming up with the lyrics is one its own separate entity but then when you come to the production side you can add like other things like background background sounds such as um like like in my runaway track i have like waves playing at the back you know and I felt like that would be like a nice, because I wanted the song to be relaxing and beach vibe. So I added some waves to it just to make you feel a little bit more relaxing. And then um, in another song I'm making, it's a very uh, intense song. So, and then at the release part of the song, I put, I added like explosions, I put balloons popping in it at the background, but it's like subtle. But the thing is like, maybe the user, like the, the listener might not know exactly what is like, what's happening in the back, but you do. So that, that's what a lot of um, producers say because whenever I watch all these videos of how they've um, done certain things, but they show like, oh, I have like this little snippet of maybe like uh, like a spoon playing at the back, but you can't really hear it, but they know it, they hear it. So yeah. Where So those ideas of putting your sounds in, is it during the production phase or even when you start writing lyrics and thinking about the music that's already in your mind, like where does that come in? Like... Is it just at the end when you're like fixing all the music together or yeah, even at the start, is it something that you're already thinking about? Sometimes, sometimes I think about it in the, when I'm writing, but most of the time it comes during the, the production process. Cause once you've recorded everything, you're trying to edit, uh, think about what to fill in, like how to make it, you know, feel more full. Sometimes like that's when I kind of come up with like how to add it how to add different things. Like with um, a, a good example, Jacob Collier, when he's editing his, um, his uh, music, he's a crazy Logic Pro production master that has like hundreds of tracks of like of vocals and also other stuff behind it. Um, but he, he talked about one of his recent songs. Uh, I think it was, I can't remember which one it was, but because he does a lot of um, part, uh, a lot of videos, like an hour-long videos, just explaining his track, and he goes step by step, and he shows like the little bits where all of the uh, little sounds, the foley sounds are, and he's saying how yeah, like I wanted like kids to be uh, like cheering here or like people partying here, but then like, I wanted to tone down a little bit after, and then put like bubbles like popping at the back just to make it subtle, make it a little bit more calmer. Yeah, 
So I, I like when I, I hear that a lot of um, artists do this, I think it's just a great way to add your own little thing at the back. Yeah, just to, just to spice it up, <laughs> you know? Your flavor, your identity kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like something that takes a lot of skill. So, I mean, how do you practice such a unique skill like that? I think it's just, it's just uh, you have to just play around. Think about what, what kind of emotion does this, maybe a specific part of the song want to play, you know? If you want to be like in the beach setting as I did, like that's why I played Waves and I thought that that would be really inter- interesting. But if it's at the, let's say at the end, uh, like my recent song I'm, I'm editing right now, I have like fireworks short, like blowing up in the background because it's like the finale bit. And, you know, that's like the classic thing that, that adds uh, to any scene, like in any romantic movie, you know, the fireworks playing off. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's all about uh, activity more than how you practice it. Because honestly, there's no right or wrong way to go about it. Well, how, does, how did producing come up for you? Because I know people sing and they write, but I don't think everyone goes into production. Yeah, um, I think, so for me, I, I, after I graduated, I took a break to understand what I kind of wanted to do for a while because um, computer science was just <laughs> quite, uh, quite tiring for a while. I've been doing it for so long, even before uni. And that's when I really decided to explore the whole production side of music because that was an option before, uh, before I came to uni, but I didn't know if I wanted to do it because I wasn't... Um, in terms of music theory, I'm not so good at it as I am now because I took like that long time to just understand everything. And with music production, you just have a lot of freedom to do, to create your own tracks, to release it, to mix it yourself. Because then you, I mean, when you have a professional doing it, they've had like, you know, classes on it. But for me, it was mostly just YouTube videos, just learning how, how specific things work, like, um, I don't know, like, I can't, I can't explain everything because it would just be too long. <laughs> but it's just, it just adds a bit more of your own flair to it. Because let's say Charlie Puth, he produces and mixes, masters everything, all of his music. Like, he just creates it either in the back of his, like, his back, uh, the back of his tour van, like he did for one of his songs, or he could just do it in his room. But that's... I, I, th- I think that's just like really cool in my opinion because if you can do everything I feel like you have like a lot of control over your mix production is recent for you what about like being a musician or a singer is that also is that more recent or is that even as a child you yeah I've been doing I've been so interested in music ever since I was a kid like always wanting to perform play uh play in front of people like that's like a big dream of mine I, I don't care how big crowd is but just to perform just has that exhilarating you know that um, it's kind of like a high for me because even though I'm very nervous before like getting on stage once I'm on stage I just feel like uh, everything's okay yeah I can relate to that as a performer uh there's <laughs> nothing quite like it especially to a live crowd right uh, but how, how how did it start deciding to be like even as a kid you're like oh I want to perform I want to do this like you know not everyone wants to do that so mm-hmm. how did that come about for you as a little Amirul, just <laughs> thinking about it? Did you see performers and you're like, I want to do that as well? Or did your fa- anyone in your family perform? Like, how, how did you want to be like, hey, I want to do this? Well, when I, um, 
when I was quite young, my dad, he was the one that kind of inspired me to pick up guitar because he knew how to play it. He would always like, he would, he had a guitar himself. So he would like always play some songs and I've always, I was like interested in trying to play it. And then from there, when I, I also started joining like choir in the UK when, when I was living there, I joined a lot of choir, uh, choir groups and I think we had like a small musical as well. And that's when I got really um, attracted to just singing in front of people. Cause you know, like the crowd, the attention, but like I mean, as a kid, you just like that. So I think that's what made me kind of really get addicted to it in the beginning. <laughs> and then it just kind of fruition from there because uh, choir gave me the basis, basis of how to sing. Because anybody can sing, no matter who you are. No matter, like, even if you feel like you're tone deaf, it just comes with practice. That's why I tell like, everyone that you can, anyone can sing. And it really showed in choir because people like, came in didn't really understand how to use your like how to sing properly because a lot of people don't know how to sing properly you're singing it with your throat whereas they actually learn how to sing with your diaphragm which is mm. quite a quite a skill i mean it's it's hard to explain it to like people who don't know how to use their diaphragm like like you have to build it from there but yeah like that's where i basically picked a lot of the singing uh, knowledge how to properly sing and then from there i were in i was in like various little bands that I played like maybe uh, primary school and also when I moved uh, to Buck I joined my 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 high school band we were called uh, what was it oh, I forgot already <laughs> so long ago but it, it was great I played at uh, some bars and getting and when you hear people singing along to like like the songs that you're playing it's just I don't know it's so satisfying so yeah <laughs> that is cool uh, wait, where did you, when did you pick up the piano along, that, along the way? So my, so originally I learned guitar through, uh, when I came back to Malaysia when I was about like 10, so that was 2009. So that's when I probably, oh no, but even before that in the UK, I learned it before I left in 2008. And in 2009, I started learning guitar like uh, at Yamaha. It was at Alamanda and my sister didn't want to do guitar, but she did piano. And so my mom bought a electric piano and we still have it to this day. And that's when I got kind of interested in just playing. So I don't have any uh, actual classes. I haven't had any classes with piano, but I just learned it mostly through YouTube. And then because I just feel, I don't know, it, it was just a nice, a nice different instrument to play with other than the guitar. Cause like my fingers would always hurt playing the guitar. So <laughs> it's just nice to transfer to piano sometimes. Yeah. It's cool, like you said. I mean, throughout, I mean, you've been learning through YouTube. I think that's cool how the internet, especially YouTube, have really democratized like knowledge, and you can just easily learn like anytime if you want to do it. Yeah, I, I think it's just such a great technology for anyone to uh, like to learn anything. Honestly, there's so much. There's so much like shit there, love. <laughs> uh, do you like? Do you practice all the time in terms of music? Uh, does that drive your family mad or? No, no, no. Uh, well, probably my sister, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I practice uh, my guitar every day. I've been. I think for a while I really didn't. I I do regret that um, I didn't continue these lessons, like the um, to learn music theory, because when, as a kid, I think anyone found it very boring. And for me, I found it very boring as well. I was just like, why do I have to know these notes, right? But now, uh, like even a few years back, I was like, I wish I could remember how to, like to read notes, to understand music theory in a, deep, in a deeper way. So 
that's like I just keep practicing every day. It doesn't have to be physically, but I would always um, do like different exercises on my guitar, learning how like my skills because I didn't know I was younger. <laughs> but I think I mostly work on my guitar skills. Up. Piano is more just on the side because I mean MIDI is great when you're creating songs, right? I mean it's really easy to just drag things in and make like MIDI uh, chords, but playing it physically is also a good way to just uh, have that humane sense in the song when you're recording piano. So yeah, I don't practice piano as much as guitar, basically. <laughs> what about uh, voice exercises? Because you, you're, you're a singer, so I'm pretty sure that's um, that muscle that you're practicing a lot with, you're using a lot. How do you do voice uh, warm-ups and exercises every day, every few weeks, or like how, or is it just solid for you and you can just go anytime? No, I definitely warm up because uh, every time before uh, like a choir session, we would always be there for like 10 minutes and our teacher or, uh, would be there in front of the piano and be like, start these exercises. And so I think I just picked it up from there about how to warm my, vo my vocals because it's very important. It's a muscle, right? Like in anything, if you're like, when you run, you're not going to just run, right? You have to warm up your legs a little before and make sure it's warm so then it doesn't strain it or break like, any like, muscle fiber. So that's really important. Uh, so I make sure that, well, I don't like, do it every day, like I warm up every day, but I do do like uh, some vocal warm-ups before I record, uh, before any session. How, how long do you warm up for? An hour, 10 minutes, uh, 20 minutes? Nah, like 20 minutes. I feel like that's a good amount because I just want my voice, because uh, I've, I've, I've done it before where I just went straight into a session, no warm-up and oh my God, it, it really strains your voice. So yeah, but the most important thing also is to have very like uh, warm water because oh. you got to make sure it's also uh, lubricated. <laughs> That's that word, good word for it. But yeah, <laughs> That's how you use the word. <laughs> uh, have you ever had a sore throat after performing or after like some intense performance? Uh, I think after one of my uh, performances in, um, in Prague, at a bar, we were like playing like three songs consecutively, like we're rotating with different friends. And after that night, oh my god, my the next day, my voice was so hoarse, it was just like gone. Um, <laughs> I couldn't speak that much. It didn't hurt. It's just that it was so. It was just like tired. So yeah, and I definitely feel it if I if I don't warm up properly if I'm recording, because uh, depending on what kind of song you're singing, like the ones that you're you know you're singing like. With your heart out, you're belting, you're basically like screaming your heart out. That one. Rocking out, basically. Yeah, basically. Uh, that one really hurts like, after the next day because that one, it takes skill because like that's why it's pro it, you have to learn to not sing with your throat. You have to really learn how to sing with your, your uh, diaphragm. Of course, like it's just a, like a, a vehicle for your throat, uh, for your voice to just come out. But a lot of people just kind of strain it and like leave everything in their throat. That's why it hurts the next day for most people. Mm, yeah. Okay. So usually when you perform, you don't have that. You don't have to strain. No, if it was like one song or a few, like like two or three, it's okay. I mean, I always made sure to warm up. Like I do like a, a really funny exercise about this this YouTuber, uh, these YouTubers called Dan, uh, Dan is on fire and Amazing Phil. They they had like um the road show called I can't uh, I can't remember, but they would like go around the UK and have a like a basic like a show about them love. And they did like vocal exercises before, but it's more for consonants and proper, how to speak properly, right? With enunciation. And it's called Danger Men at Work. And I, I really love, I really love doing that one because it's a big tongue twister. 
I want to hear it. <laughs> oh, you won't. Oh man, uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up right. Now. It goes like danger man at work, 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 danger man. Oh wait, uh, oh my god, I already messed it up. It was men at work, danger. <laughs> but basically, you just replace the first. You basically replace the first word and move it to the to the end and like kind of shift it. So you just say it in that sequence over and over again until you reach the oh, end. Oh no! Yeah, one of those. Yeah, but it really helps because uh, especially I do that all the time before I perform because it really helps me. I have a I definitely know that I have a problem with enunciating my words sometimes. Like I kind of slur my words, so I have to be a little bit more conscious about uh, how I say things and especially with singing, you have to. Make sure your audience understands what you're saying, right? So yeah. Yeah, I mean, you made it sound easy. No, I mean, I I, <laughs> I messed it up already, but it's like, it takes a it takes. I just have to go really slowly with that one. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, or you could not make any sense at all and be like, yeah, that's the music, man. Like you gotta understand it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because even you know when I perform uh, for plays like projection and especially enunciation. Because uh, if I don't do like tongue twisters, I'm gonna swallow my words. So mm. yeah, it's a problem if people don't understand you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because like I don't know. That's why you have to. It's so important to do these things, uh, especially also for you as a stage actor, right? Performer. Because you guys actually yeah. like you're talking longer than I would be talking because <laughs> I'd be really? I'm just singing wow. for like maybe three minutes or something. Well, it depends. If I I mean I've never had like a a full concert before <laughs> like an hour-long concert that one like those, yeah. I'm, yeah not yet but for those guys who do it like when i watch um people performing on stage uh, especially like the big singers like ed Sheeran, uh, they're singing for so long they always have like they go through so many bottles of water because to just help them with their throat but at the same time they also have you know vocal coaches to help them yeah but they're performing like almost night after night yeah yeah i know i don't know how they're doing it that's why it's important to take care of your voice you know it's literally your uh your instrument basically <laughs> do you feel more like connected with your voice as an instrument or your guitar oh definitely my voice i uh, yeah i think it's um like our as jacob collier said it he said that our ears are better at listening and understanding something like a, maybe a note, a chord at some place. You can kind of, your, your ear is very good at processing it, but when you try to, like when you try to play out through either piano or guitar, you kind of just fumble because you don't know, right? So that's why, like, that's why my, my, vo- my voice knows more than my, uh, like my hands do when I play <laughs> guitar or piano because I don't know what exactly maybe this chord is. But then again, he has perfect pitch, so he can hear everything. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it depends on the person. Yeah. No, but you're, it really does help because when I, especially when I listen to, whenever I have to keep editing my songs when I'm mixing it, if I hear that there's like something wrong, like maybe a wrong note somewhere, but I didn't notice it. Like a good example is that I'm working with, a, I'm collabing with my friend who is a, a DJ, a EDM artist. And he, we're, we're, we've just finalized the song and we just sent it to a record label. And before, like we had, like yesterday, we were working on it for seven hours. And chords are wrong, but he couldn't understand it. Like his ears, like couldn't understand it. And then sometimes, like he didn't hear like some little bits. Like this, like the sub bass is very low. It's about less than a hundred uh, hertz, which is not that 
hearable for most most people. Like if you're just sitting without headphones specifically. Yeah. And just a bit of aircon noise basically. Yeah, basically. It's kinda of like at the background. But it's it's there to like put something. But it just it like if he played like the wrong note and with the chord and I can feel like the like when you whenever you do that, you can always hear like dissonance between the two things. But he he doesn't he doesn't hear it, so I had to like point it out. And then even the little bits like maybe one of our vocals like sharply increased in volume, but just by a slight bit. And I mentioned that to him, and then he he said that oh he didn't change it because he let he forgot to later that bit because he automated the audio ah, itself. Okay. That's why. So that's why like it was there randomly. Yeah, and it's just, it, it's just interesting because my my ears they when they listen to a chord progression and it feels like. Like for me, it's like sometimes I taste taste the chord, or like I I feel something that uh is missing. You know, like it's like like dry or like not full. So yeah, that's why I have to like maybe search for like a different chord here and there to put in between. Yeah, that's what we did basically. How how do you improve that that listening aspect? Because I I know I mean not everyone's gonna naturally like be able to hear it. Mm-hmm. So how how do you develop that ability to to really understand to hear all this? like nuances in the sound and be able to act on it like do you listen to music all the time just to understand that how 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 are you developing that skill i definitely it comes through listening to a lot of different music like if you expand your genre especially if you listen to jazz that's when you can really understand something else could fit because jazz is just basically you can play anything you want and it sounds like jazz so <laughs> I think when I listen to a lot of different jazz songs, it kind of, and also learning music theory, it kind of helps me to improve, like maybe a different chord could fit here. Because it also comes with naturally when I play with piano, like, oh, maybe I'm playing something, like I'm playing the next chord, but it doesn't fit, fit right. So like with jazz, sometimes you can change a key, you change your to a different key, or you can play like a different, uh, you can play a different note, a different chord, in the parallel scale, like the scale that's parallel to it, like the minor scale, like you can just grab and borrow chords here and there. And that that happens in not just jazz, but like also like meaning songs, like Creep, you know Creep? Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I do. Oh, the one that like, I'm a creep. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that song, the reason why... I thought you were referencing a genre, so I was like, I don't... Oh, no, no, creep. <laughs> but that song specifically has such a... Uh, like a famous... Like why it's so memorable because of the the chord change specifically the bit when it goes to like i'm a weirdo that it just sounds so so good <laughs> like so tasty <laughs> so, that's what i was how i would describe it so yeah because jazz is like improvised like they're improvising right i mean mm. at least that's my understanding of jazz is that how that works no jazz has a lot more uh how i describe it brief with how you play music you kind of have like your simple triads and simple mid-centered chords like adding another chord but then with um jazz it's just trying to connect these different chords that may be in different and like somehow making it fit together uh i think this one youtuber called um char uh, charles mc something he he um had like he, he, he kind of blew up on tiktok because he he's a jazz uh, he's a jazz pianist and he made songs out of people like talking and that's kind of crazy because it kind of how he did it is that he even though it doesn't sound like like you can create a song from it right because it's just like all over the place but he managed to fit 
like can everything through like each different note that they're like speaking. That's like the beauty of it because play with like different chords. Uh, like normally, you can't really connect with like maybe a different one in a different scale. It might sound good, but it doesn't sound perfect. But when you play with jazz, just finding those dots fit and make it seem like it fits, even though it doesn't fit. So yeah. Oh, that yeah, that's a uh, an art and a skill. Oh yeah, it gets really complicated. I, like it, I think with um jazz, you just have to <laughs> do um have a lot of years of experience with that because he's been doing it for so long so yeah me trying to learn it in a few months is like impossible <laughs> so apart from jazz what music do you tend to listen to it uh it's, it's like it, it depends on the situation so let's say when i work out it's mostly just rap or anime <laughs> anime opening <laughs> songs because they're so high so yeah yeah <laughs> But when I'm usually, if I'm just chilling, if I'm working, usually I don't like to listen to like if it's something include like I have to read something or if I'm coding, I don't like to listen to like uh, songs that have vocals in it. I just want something that's instrumental. So that's when I usually go to jazz or blues. That's 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 like the most like the things that I usually listen to when I when I'm working. But if it's like casually, like if I'm going out, if I'm just like chilling around, it's mostly pop. That's yeah, that's why I like. Oh yeah, and then another thing, another genre that I really love when I'm working out or if I'm chilling is rock, like classic rock. Oh, yeah, classics, all right. Yeah, I don't know. I grew up, I grew up with it, but I don't think uh, like a lot of people, right? They they can be like quite obsessive fans over like specific <laughs> bands, you know, like oh, like maybe Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd and all that. But I I just like to listen to whatever sounds good. Like some people, like they might know like the history of the song. Like, oh, this song was made in the garage in this specific situation. But I, don't, I think if the song just sounds good, it, it sounds good. You know? Any favorites from you? Mm, currently, right now, I've been uh, still got the blues by Gary Moore. The guitar, if you listen, it literally sounds like the guitar is crying. So, <laughs> yeah, I really recommend what a that song. Yeah. Because you can really, when you, that's why, like, you're in, the instrument yourself itself is like an extension of yourself, right? And how he plays the guitar in that song is just, oh, beautiful. It really feels like it's crying, you know, like just like yearning for love. <laughs> uh, another one I've been like, description, yeah. <laughs> another one I've been listening to is, uh, a lot recently because I'm trying to learn the solo is uh, Hotel California. I don't know, it's oh, just, yeah. I don't know, all of a sudden recently I've just been like listening it on repeat. <laughs> so, yeah. Hotel California is such a it's a scary song if you really listen to the lyrics it's like oh yeah for me it's it's just ooh it's such existential horror but yeah love listening to that though <laughs> uh, what about pop uh, you know because you listen to pop what's uh, your favorite artist to listen to um, uh, hmm. it always rotates I haven't, I haven't listened to a lot of pop recently but usually if it's like something I play like on in the car it would be Lauv Lauv uh, uh, helped me through so much <laughs> like when I like after his first um, playlist was basically it's called I Met You When I Was 18 and it was like a lot it's a whole story like the whole playlist goes from meeting them to dating them to breaking up and then finally resolving and so that one really got me through like an entire year of like like three years back <laughs> that's when I got really addicted to him Another one is Rule, uh, the Australian artist. So talented. He's only 17. Like when I first listened to his music, it was like 15 and coming out with such great, uh, like great lyrics, great songs, the, the chords, the music production, just wow. I, I was really blown away, especially because of his, yeah. 
mostly those two I would listen to. I don't really listen to anything else. Like maybe I have a shared playlist with my girlfriend, and she would like add maybe uh, the weekend, and sometimes I listen to the weekend, or maybe Billie Eilish comes up. All right. So yeah, your your girlfriend is expanding your musical horizons currently. Yeah. No, I'm also expanding hers because uh, she used to only just listen to um, like old old songs, like classic songs in the like between the 1960s and 1990s. Like never really the popular. And so you know, I showed her rap. Oh yeah, I listened to Drake so much. <laughs> I think that was my num- number one artist last year. Or was it? It was between Drake and KSI. You know who KSI is? Yeah. Yeah. The music, especially KSI right now, he's uh creating. He's just creating so many new tracks, and they're all a bop. And Drake too. Is it the the sad songs from Drake? You just relate to that? Some of them, yeah. But then it's mostly like I don't know. I just like listening to like uh their his upbeat ones are you know like one dance, God's plan, sicko mode, yeah. <laughs> like the typical ones are. But he's got such a like his older stuff was so good as well. Like uh, just yes. home, we're oh going home. I love yeah, that. I love that amazing. song so much. Yeah, I mean, I Drake still puts out some great bops. I do prefer his older stuff, but that's that's just me. Mm. No, I understand. I understand. Yeah, I think with like. Sometimes when I, I like it when artists kind of spin up or change up their their genres, you know, like kind of explore out, you know, five seconds of summer. Yeah, like I mean, when they first came out, it was like very you know pop rock kind of stuff, and I mean they're still kind of considered pop, but I like it's very different to like their new stuff. Like listening to Young Blood versus um, uh, She Looks So Perfect, it's Complete opposites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like Paramore also has um, quite an like different sound. So I think you know picking up different albums. I love it when I can with artists I can you know listen to different albums and I get a different storylines or different sounds. I think that's just what well, that's that's great about following artists, especially with their evolution. Mm, very much because I feel like a lot of artists they kind of they start off somewhere like uh, a lot of. Um, like when when you start off, example Cody Simpson, he when he started he was like just releasing a lot of pop songs, but now he releases more like mm-hmm. folk songs, folk indie songs, because that's what he that's what he likes. But he was kind of, you know, he talked about how how he was kind of forced into it lot, like in the beginning, just to release these pop songs, like you know, I I I with Flo Rida. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, the industry. I mean, it is music business right the recording business so that aspect will always want to try to influence uh, the artistic side mm-hmm. is that something i mean you would worry about when if you get you know um, to a higher place where there is a lot of people involved i mean how how do you think about like that aspect you know that more like suits telling you things yeah like have you thought about things like that before <laughs> not really <laughs> but i have thought about it one time thinking about if i was in that kind of situation i feel like nowadays a lot of people a lot of the artists have their own save like what they kind of want but of course you have to kind of listen to your record label because you signed a contract with them uh but definitely i would be wary of it because i don't want to just release stuff that i don't like to release you know it like even right right now, I don't know what uh, what the genre I want to be in. Like this, the first song "Runaway" has like freaking rap pop to it. The next one is like a '90s synth song, and another one is like a heartbreak explosion everywhere song. <laughs> so 
I don't know. And then that the the collab is an EDM song. So <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I I just feel like the the great thing about being a a self producer and then is just that you can do whatever you want, you know, because you're not tied to a specific genre. You can just release like the music that you like that you like to make, you know. Doesn't have to be yeah. specific. Yeah, you're exploring, you know, your your craft. You're exploring the art. You're kind of learning about yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, like I feel like if you follow a lot of like one single genre, like your whole time, it can kind of restrict you, depending on the type of genre, right? It depends, of course, but that's why a lot of like um, some of the bands or like artists I listen to, they, that's why they change it up, you know, because uh, they like the music now. I feel like they're just enjoying themselves a lot more than they did when they first started. So yeah. So eventually, you'll get bored of playing the same thing over and over. Pretty, again. pretty much. Imagine you're singing that song like over and over again every night on the, in a concert. You can get very <laughs> like boring after a while like imagine uh, Justin Bieber that's why he was so uh, uh, tired of this, uh, singing baby or something <laughs> yeah there are a lot of artists who have those huge hits are like oh my god this song again yeah really this one again yeah, exactly I think I think for them they just kind of suck it up just play it love <laughs> they of course they just love playing in front of the the audience and you know being on that stage you can, it really sets you apart if you're kind of just sitting there standing still or you have like a, a good presence on the stage. It really does make a difference being being there and how, how the audience reacts to you itself. Uh, do you have a, a favorite album that has been inspiring you musically? Yeah, what, what are your favorite albums and why? Mm, trying, to, trying to remember all of them. I mean, I think for one, when I first started like getting really interested into performing, Especially because I really love playing acoustic guitar. It was Ed Sheeran's first, uh, first two albums. That was that was really great. Especially um, it wasn't Divide. What was the one before that? Uh, Multiply. I think it was the Multiply one. Yeah, because it was the green one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. That album was great. Uh, I really loved it. Especially um, uh, what was it? The I like that song. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't that, remember the title. Yeah, I can't remember the yeah, title. I, a lot. I think it's called Don't. Yeah. But that song, because he had, the thing is, Ed Sheeran kind of, I mean, yeah, he posts kind of the same stuff over and over again. That's what a lot of people Eventually, complain yeah. about. Yeah. But that song, he, it just shows off that he can do more. But he kind of just, yeah. you know, plays like, like the simple, you know, G, D, E, C song <laughs> over and over again. Like even his new song, same. You can play a G, D, E, C. But yeah. I th- I think that that's where it kind of started it off. But other albums, definitely Lao's one, and then uh, the first. It was not an album, but a playlist. <laughs> uh, and then um, yeah, Rules one was so good. But his first his first one was just I. Uh, you have to listen to understand what I mean because he has so much soul for a fifteen year old kid. And I don't I don't think like I listen to like like a whole bunch of albums. I just listen to like a bunch of playlists. Is what I would say. Like, if I, I would be intrigued in listening to an album, depending on like who the artist is. Like, if I can sit through it, because sometimes you know there are like there are albums out there that you can kind of sit through the whole thing, but some of them like you can't sit the, through the whole thing. Another classic one was uh, the scripts. The scripts 
second album, the one with uh, for the first time in it. Oh my god, it's, a, yeah, it's oh. such a great, such a great album. Oh my god, you're bringing me back <laughs> to yeah. young, yeah, my teenage yeah. years. I used to buy. I still have my album collection. Like I used to, I used to refuse like going Spotify because I just like to have the physical thing with me. But now it's just like for. Uh, you know, it's just easy. I can just access it on my phone, listen to it. I don't have to rip it off and download it to my computer. You know, <laughs> yeah, the convenience is just great. Yeah. Oh, another good album. Oh, like Adele's. Uh, I think it was Twenty One. Oh my god! Like my mom when she because she loves Adele, so she used to always like blast it in the in the car. <laughs> yeah. Does she request for you to sing Adele or any of her favorite artists? Yeah, she has. <laughs> I want to, but uh, I have to. Uh, postpone it out. I mean there was another like a friend of mine wanted me to sing in Malay like another song but I, I it takes me a while because my Malay isn't so good you know even learning the what was it Hanya uh, Hanya Mampu song took me a while to to learn the lyrics to even understand the lyrics <laughs> so yeah uh, so I mean like if you're singing covers do you start with like under like memorizing it or trying to understand the lyrics first and the meaning of the song. I think I I do it simultaneously. Like at the same time as I'm learning it, like learning remembering the lyrics, I'm also learning what the song's about. You know, because I only I mean I, a lot of people their tactics right on YouTube for like playing to get like views and stuff is to play what's recent and like what's like new. You know, if like Justin Bieber releases a new song, uh, just put, just sing it no matter what. If you don't like it or if you like it or you don't like it, but uh, I think it's important to. To play what you want on on YouTube, especially, and when when you make a cover, you should understand what the song is about. Yeah. Uh, during the long isolation period, I mean, we're still not out of it. You know, with the global pandemic, yeah. you're not performing, of course. Um, was it as an artist? Were you like spurred by it? Like, I know some people, you know, having all that time and that focus and not being disturbed by the outside world, they were very productive. Uh, some people, you know. It's a difficult time, so they struggled. Like, how did you land on, like, on that spectrum? Were you very productive? Or like, was it very challenging for you uh, as an artist? Mm, well, in the beginning, it was a little bit uh, hard uh, trying to get into it because uh, I think being late at home for like the first week, I was just like, uh, <laughs> kind of like, what do I do? I've caught up with all my TV shows. <laughs> but then afterwards, and I think when I just started and getting to learn how to produce that was like, yeah, ever since then, I've been very productive with just my day. Because I think what, what helps is to um, have a plan in mind. It doesn't have to be physically. It's like you have to have a physical plan. But have it in your mind, like, oh, what are you going to do today? Like, that's the first thing when I, I think of when I wake up, is that, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this. And for me, it was just such a great time for me because I was just, a, you know, I, I didn't have to go out. And I, well, I was like, not able to go out. It's not like a chore, but... It just gave a good uh, opportunity to really start because I couldn't do it throughout uni. I had like my mic since, uh, and my mic and my, my face ever since uh, like the beginning of year two. And I never, I've only posted like one cover with using that thing. But then now I've just been like outputting it because I know it's all, it's so easy for me for the production side because I know what works with my voice and I know what works with songs. So it depends. And I think it was just great because you just form, it takes, I think like to Jim Shark, right? Jim Shark said that it took about, it takes about six weeks to form a habit. And it really has become like a habit of mine to just like sit down and play or like try and edit. But yeah. I'm curious. I mean, cause you were doing um, coding, you were studying that. I mean, 
that's for me. I think that's very technical to this day. I'm looking at your. I mean, every time over your shoulders, I'm like with your group. I'm like looking at your coding. I'm like, what the hell is this? Uh, <laughs> it looks very technical. I mean, with that aspect and with production, I think two very technical things and full of like software. Was it like a natural thing for you? I mean, having those two worlds, mm. something you're clo- really close with. I think in the beginning, no. Because I think for me, I like to work on it, work on something like straight up, like my entire day, I focus on it. But now it's a lot easier to like split it. But if it's if it's um like a project that I have to like focus on, sometimes I would just like, okay, I'll just do this enough. And then work, like try to balance it out loud. I can't leave it alone. That's the biggest thing. So sometimes you can just like drop everything for like the longest time. But but like throughout the whole, my whole break, I literally dropped coding for a while like i just like no coding at all i just like focused on not just music i had i learned like other stuff uh, that's uh like stock investment property investment uh, thinking about my future what, what do you do when you want to get inspiration say you're stuck you know you, you you know ideas aren't flowing or you're you know you have that writer's block mm-hmm. what, what do you do like do you have a muse that you know you go to uh, something to get your mind flowing like what do you do when you're in that situation i think i take a break from my song for a bit like maybe go for a walk or like i just go out and just like hit my volleyball you need to have an op- you have to have a clear mind when you come up with these things you can't like have like too many things cloud your your thought process and sometimes it's better to just you know stop and try to calm down maybe do something different and then during that usually sometimes like most of the times it always comes to me whenever I'm doing something else. <laughs> and it, that's why it's so important to like, have a recording app, and just re- recording everything that comes to your mind. And like, it, like I'm in the middle of a walk and then suddenly, oh, it comes to me. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I just like sing it to my, my, my phone. But because I think it can, this could be applied to like, not just music, but in other aspects. You know, if you're you know, just tired or you know, your work is like overwhelming you, Go for a walk, honestly. It really helps. Because uh, my the math teacher, he was uh, a great, not just a great math teacher, but a great like life coach. And he said, he always told us, don't, don't, uh, you don't need to stress over your exams like right before it. Just drop everything, go for a walk. Let your mind be at peace for a while. Because if you go in like stressed out, it can really affect your, um, your workflow. So if you come in calm, collected, it really helps. So that's what helps me with my writer's block. Just coming down a bit and doing whatever, something else, you know. Yeah. Taylor Swift does that. Like she just stops randomly when she gets ideas and record on her phone. <laughs> I think it just comes out of nowhere. I don't know why. Like it could be in the most random times. Like you could be, you could be out like, uh, I don't know. Um, maybe you're, you're cooking or you're like, or you're even on the toilet, like <laughs> just singing right in your phone. <laughs> What's the most random and almost questionable time that you have an idea and you have to stop and record. Do, do you have one of those? Mm, let's see. I've definitely had it before. I'm trying to remember it. Cause like, I think I was out uh, like one night when I was in Prague and I'm just out like clubbing. And then in the middle of the dance floor, I hear, I hear the thing is that you can hear, they can get ideas from things. So I hear like a specific like thing and I'm like, oh, that, that could sound really good in a song. And I was just thinking of the song as I'm like, <laughs> and, then I, and then I had to like go out and like kind of record with my phone. <laughs> And when just like, oh, he's hunched over. What's what's going on? Are you all right? <laughs> yeah, it's like I'll be right back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
How, what, what do you say to someone who's, you know, thinking about starting into music or production? Like, what, what advice would you, do you have for someone who's starting out? I think don't be afraid of, like, whatever comes for the future. Don't think too, much, too far ahead. Anything can happen in life, you know. So you just have to sit down. If you really enjoy it, just do it. The hardest thing is to start and then to continue it because sometimes a lot of people give up halfway through because they just uh, don't accept to something. It happened to me a few times. Like I just didn't know like uh, how to understand like uh, the specific concept, and I just felt like oh, should I just stop? But I think because you can, there's like plugins that can help you to like make it simpler, make the editing process simpler. But for you, but I think that's like an opt out, like a cheap way to go out. Don't stop. Don't stop giving yourself, no matter what people say. And, but I also feel that find a balance. Uh, don't just like take it over, make it like your life. Don't take, take it, let it take over your life. Because you have to have a balance. That's really important. How do you keep going? Like if you're, you know, losing that motivation, how do you, like, what do you say to yourself? Be like, you know what? I, I should keep going. I want to keep going. Like, what, you know, what's, how do you, your pep talk, basically. How do you keep yourself motivated and driven? I think for me, it's just uh, whenever I come up, whenever I like start coming up with like, new ideas, it just like brings so much spark to my life again. <laughs> like it just brings, I feel like, oh, this song could be really great. You know, like that, that's how it kind of motivates me. And I just think about maybe if, if I'm consistent, the thing is key is consistency. So you have to be, you have to make sure that you're consistently posting or maybe like switching it up, change it up with whatever you're doing. And it also kind of helps you to not be bored of what you're doing, you know. So that's why I, that's how I keep going. Uh, I never think about um, what, like, what would what it would be like if I got really famous, right? I don't think I need those kinds of thoughts because I'm I'm not doing this for like the money. I just do it because I I love I love music and I don't care if uh like if I don't get like the like the big break, you know. I, I think that's what people obsess with. So, and that's where like people get deterred, you know, if they don't get that big break, that, that ending that they want. I think it's just, uh, I think I need to keep going, la, I would just say. What would you say to someone who either they're concerned about like getting into it, it's something foreign, or maybe they're con- they have insecurities about it. Like what would you say to someone who wants to start singing or writing music or learning an instrument or even producing music? I think... Anybody can just jump in whenever you are. I don't. I think you, you shouldn't be afraid to start, because I know it's like a huge obstacle. Like there's like so many things that you have to learn, and it's a vast amount of knowledge. You can learn anything. I think that was a big problem for me when I started, especially with um, learning music theory again, because it's such a big hurdle, and there's so many things you can learn. But I think what's important is that you have to just uh, try and learn the basics, and then from there. Go f- if you're into a specific genre, it could be jazz, it could be blues, or uh, even just pop, you know, like cl- or classical. Just jump into it and don't look back. You know, that's, I think that's the biggest thing that people have a problem with. Because I just got, I kind of just like went everywhere, you know, like, and it, it could it could be very overwhelming. I felt I felt very overwhelmed. But I think if I just stuck to like, okay, I need to learn specific production skills, like, oh, what's the main things like that I need to know? Uh, there's plenty of good videos out there that teach you how to like first start your production skills or like maybe like simple plugins that you can use and also there's like a wide variety of things you can choose from like for using a, a DAW like a production uh, application 
could be like Logic Pro, GarageBand, Ableton, FL Studio. There's so many out there, but all of them are very like specific to whoever you are, you know. And you can and any of them you can like you can literally once you know how to like start producing, it's just you can kind of use any of them, like any DAW basically. So for that point, I think anybody can just start. Just start. Honestly, just go for it. Don't look back. <laughs> What if they're in their heads? They're like, oh no, me, maybe I can't do this. Maybe, oh, you know, they've all that, like, they're anxious about it. Like, how, how would you motivate someone who's, who's you know, they're uh, thinking about everything that might go wrong? I mean, everything, like, things always happen like that. You know, you fail along the way and you can't be afraid of making a mistake because that's like a part of us as humans. We make mistakes. You know, it's a matter of how you learn from those mistakes and you how you move forward from them. I think, like, I've done that plenty of times. Like, I, like, with, especially with production, I, I was like, okay, this is sounding completely wrong, or like, this is, like, I'm not doing it correctly, like the way it should sound like. But I think when you find if you're doing something wrong, there's always a way. Like, you just learn how to like do it correctly, and you can just. It's so uh, that's the beauty of technology. It's just like I found so like like when I figured like, I couldn't do something right or. Or like it didn't turn out right the way I wanted to. You can just look it up, and there's always like a good community out there of people. You can even ask like like fellow producers. They're not afraid to to tell you. I think that's also another step in a good direction. Just asking others as well. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, how do you keep motivated? I know this is something pretty long term. It's continuous. So how do you keep at it? Like not at any point want to give up and just be like, you know what? I I want to continue doing this. I enjoy doing it. How do you spur yourself on? Well, it's also what well, what helps me is that it's also kind of like an addiction. Because <laughs> every time, every time I come up with like a new chord progression or or maybe like lyrics come up, because it just comes out randomly. You, you could be anybody, you know, like anybody can come up with like good like random lyrics, and it could sound pretty good. But from there on, you have to under, like know how to like flesh it out. That's how like it keeps me addicted because I just I just love performing. I love. Um, the idea of like creating my own music or even thinking about performing performing it in front of other people it could be it could be scary but that's like the fun the fun bit lah because you have to get out of your comfort zone to really get to that next part you know you can't stay comfortable in your life especially in music you can't stay comfortable you gotta keep going on to the next part that's what keeps me pushing through because I just can't wait to like perform these songs or like just show people what I can do you know. <laughs> When society opens up again, what's your plan? Like when you can go out and perform, like do you have a specific thing in mind that you're already like you're planning to do? I do want to try and find like places to perform. I know like there's a couple of people I know that they that like perform in like different bars or like there's like open mics and stuff. So probably I'll just try and go for that. I I just I don't care about like who's there as long as like I have like my friends there. It, it makes all the difference, especially um. Irfan, because <laughs> he's he's the loudest one of the group, and he's always <laughs> shouting whenever I perform. But it's just it's just funny, but really great, you know. When you have your fa- friends and family there, you know, I I don't care like if I don't earn any money, I'll perform for free, you know. I, like I've done it with my at my aunt's wedding where I I sang at their wedding, and um, it's just great. I don't know, it's just it's just a fun thing to do. Don't like don't get into it. Don't don't do something for the money, right? If you have a hobby, right, that you want to make it into like a reality. Everyone starts off thinking that they love it, right? They don't. They don't have like a plan for like how to be a millionaire or something making music, <laughs> right? Just have fun with it. Like that's the basic core of what everyone should strive for. Yeah, just enjoy it. 
do it for the arts do it for you exactly exactly if i could like if i could like uh make this like a full-time th- a job but like low pay i i think i i would be happy with myself to be honest is uh it's such a it's a dream job it is it, like like doesn't matter like money people say you know money well money doesn't uh make you happy right i mean it can can uh, fulfill your needs that's what that's what it does but if you're not happy in like a big high paying job then what's the point right yeah i read an article where um i think it was a graduation class from harvard or something you know it was talking to different people who went to the arts or went to business i mean even those struggling artists or educators they didn't earn a lot but they were the happiest overall at yeah 50 60 yeah, yeah. exactly good mindset to have i think it's also just a I think with a lot of like our Asian heritage and you know culture, it's um like the arts is very looked down upon. The, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've I've just talked about it with my mom a lot, but when I showed her that I like I made money from the song recently, and then she's like, oh, okay, <laughs> like now we're talking. Yeah, now, now we're, we're talking. talking. <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, but I think, yeah. but I mean, I'm lucky to have a good like a mom that does actually support me. Like in the beginning, like she was very like you know skeptical about it, but uh, I think it was great because I like, recently I showed her like the song that I'm making, and she's like, "Oh, it sounds really good." You know, I think it's great that you have if you have like your parents supporting you because they're like your, I mean, they're your parent. They're the ones that kind of know most things when you're such a, like at such a young age. You kind of look up to them, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Amiral, where can we find you online? Oh, you can find me on. Well, if you're social medias, you can find my Instagram, which is at Amiral underscore H, but the Amiral is spelled A-M-E-E-R-U-L. <laughs> uh, and uh, for my, uh, my songs, you can find me on Spotify and Apple Music and other places, though I'm still trying to sort it out. But mostly I, uh, I would recommend just Spotify or Apple Music, which is, and my handle is just Zul. Yeah, and you guys can find the podcast on Instagram at EricPod. A-R-I-C-P-O-D. Uh, Amiral, any last words for our listeners? I want, uh, I hope that all the inspiring musicians just keep pushing through, man. Doesn't, I think a lot, I think a lot of people, like this is a great age for exposing yourself. You know, you've got TikTok, you've got social media, everything out there. Just don't give up hope. Keep pursuing, keep doing you. Don't change you for anyone else. That's amazing. Uh, Amiral, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Bye.